Hey, I'm Victor. And I'm Carl. We are both INTPs looking to do this podcast, INTP Growth and Humanity, to help other INTPs and people who are looking to understand our type. Some terms you will hear for reference, the cognitive stack of an INTP, TI, which means introverted thinking or accuracy, and E, which means extroverted intuition or exploration, SI, which means introverted sensing or memory, and FE, which means extroverted feeling or harmony. We met on an INTP subreddit and decided to do this podcast to try and help out other people who have similar struggles. If you can comment, please do and help us help. We hope you enjoy listening to this first podcast. Okay, cool. Well, hey, um, all right, I guess this is the start. We're starting now. Yes, yeah, uh, Victor, this is Jared. Jared, this is Victor. Nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> Hello. How's it going, man? Uh, so, Jared, how do you know you're an ENTJ? I took it several years ago, probably after college, and it highly doubted that I'd get anything accurate. And then I did. And the more I read into it, and it was more, the more I was like, oh, that's that's me. I relate to this. I understand myself, and this is this is highly helpful. Okay. Um, then I started. I uh, had a good friend of mine that I was talking to who was an ENFJ, and uh, was into Myers Briggs, and then we started talking about that even more. And it was just more and more the confirmation of like, man, this is like, this is who I want to be. This is uh, how I'm unhealthy and. Um, you know, this is like a healthy version of me would look like this. It just really spoke to a core part of myself. And honestly, it was like one of those things, like, even though uh, it was like, I feel understood, even though it was like, not, not anybody in particular, like understanding who I am. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh man, I understand a little bit more about who I am and that's valuable. Okay, cool. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a similar experience that I think we both had. Um, I thought I was an INFJ for a while, but there's just things that just didn't add up for mm-hmm. it. It was just like, you know, there's some of it that was like, yeah, that's me. And then there's just some of it that it just like wasn't. And then I, I started looking into it. I was like, okay, so maybe I'm not, but what am I might be? And I took a test and I got INCP. And when I was reading about it, I had that exact same feeling that you're talking about, just being understood. And it just like, like not like not that anybody's understanding me, but I just feel I felt understood. And I, I think that's an important thing to you know finding out your type. Uh, I just wanted to ask. I just to you know try to you know make sure you know you are in the NCJ. Um, okay. Uh, what's your found a what, genuine real one, man? Like good, good for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly don't find very many of them. Um, so, uh, ENTJs or INTPs? ENTJs. Okay. Yeah. They they uh, kind of stick out like a sore thumb to me, and uh, you know, it, yeah, it's very rare. And then when I do, there's almost an immediate like uh, like defense mechanism, like. Oh shit! Like, is this person more successful than I am? Like, <laughs> really? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so look, I, I had okay, sizing, kind of, sizing each other up. This is one hundred percent. Yeah. So okay, this kind of segues into a question that I had. So like, okay, ENTJs like the typical stereotype is that they're kind of like this executive boss type, very uh-huh. competitive, all these kind of things. And I was wondering because I've never actually met one before. Would yeah. you say that's a fair stereotype? Um, 
so I have a limited experience other than myself. Okay. Um, so I, I have met a few, and I would say they're typically all very driven and experience some level of success in whatever they do. Um, I would not use the word executive for the main reason that I think my type is, is um, likes to challenge to challenge rules and, and such. So when I think executive, I kind of tend to think rule following, although it's not exactly the same thing. Um, so I would say ambitious, but I don't necessarily think executive. Plus, if there's not maturity there, then they don't have the, the kind of the professionality to go along with their ambition. So I, I would think they can be executive. But I wouldn't say that it's like necessarily the the stereotype as being business owner, I think, is a little bit too specific. Does that make sense? No, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, because like, I don't know, like whenever like I see that, you know, because like there's memes out there and, you know, for all the types and stuff like that. Um, and I always just wondered if that was true because I was like, oh, that's interesting if it is. Um, and then like every time I have a boss, I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's an ENTJ. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that the core difference, uh, I think that there's more of a lean towards being an entrepreneur with an ENTJ versus there's a lean to be a little bit more executive with an, like an ESTJ. Um, from at least what I've read uh, in my like kind of experience. Um that's kind of that's kind of what seems to be the case um, because of our wanting to challenge things and wanting to take more risk. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's very fair question, but I think pretty much all of them I've met were extremely ambitious and extremely driven in one way or the other. German? Are you saying German like a German? No, ambitious. <laughs> like, what are, what? I don't know where he got German. Hold on. <laughs> okay you mean like determined determined what did i say uh, I, I i don't know i was hearing german i was like i'm german they're probably german right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was thinking that's actually that's actually something i've been thinking of lately is you know what are the what are the typical types of uh, different cultures like german japanese uh french uh, stuff like that's that interesting but that, that's a topic for another time yeah. um okay. <laughs> okay um ha have you met many intps um besides uh, myself i i used to have an intp friend um who was absolutely a kind of anti myers briggs but we kind of figured oh. between him and another friend of mine was like he's probably an intp that's it so no interesting so so he was he was like really against myers briggs yeah he, he just thought it was dumb didn't didn't pay attention to it at all Hmm. I feel um, like, I feel like a lot of people have that opinion, unfortunately. Yeah, I like it doesn't. I don't understand an aversion to trying to understand yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, okay. especially uh, you can provide language and like how to communicate about yourself and your needs. You know, at the very least. So there's several reasons you want to dive into this type of thing. Um, there's certainly other ones you can get into. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but my understanding of the INTP is being <clears throat> somewhat specific and to what they're into and not at all into anything else if they're not into it. Uh, maybe you guys can comment on that. 
Uh, yeah, you know, we can get laser focused on stuff and, you know, just kind of block out the world. Um, I think, Victor, you can attest to that. Uh, what, what is your, what, you, you didn't know about the cognitive stacks when I first talked to you. Yeah, uh, what is what is your what what has been you you said you were looking into it what is your experience with like the extroverted thinking like now that you know about yeah. it how do you how do you see it yeah that is uh so i've taken another assessment called the Berkman assessment and that went into it was like a 32 page report or something it was a little bit more in, in depth with a lot of different things and talked about how your personality would work like what's a good work environment for you and that sort of thing so when I was reading through the functions, I, I've like briefly looked into them in the past. And then I spent a little bit more time after our conversation kind of diving into them. And that's, uh, you know, uh, besides being accurate, I think the, the thing that sticks out to me is uh, the thinking extroverted and then intuitive introversion really speaks to me as, you know, is, is really, really important. Um, I have understanding that principle, you, you know, even before I read it, uh, understanding that principle that I have a fairly dominant introverted side, even though I'm not an introvert, um, but have specific introverted tendencies that need to be uh, fulfilled versus how I'm extroverted and how that plays out. So essentially my understanding of that and how I sum it up for people is so with my extroverted thinking, it's uh, I want to be in a group that's going in a direction. Hmm. Uh, my my so the way the Berkman assessment, I know I'm getting off topic, but essentially my understanding of my introversion extroversion side was I like to come up with a plan by myself and implement the plan with the team. So that's kind of the best way I know to describe the thinking extroverted versus intuitive introversion. Is that mm -hmm. I I want to go over all the variables independently, but I like being a part of a team. I like being part of groupthink, uh, brainstorming sessions. I like to be a part of something bigger than myself, and because the biggest things happen outside of myself. You you said you like to be part of groupthink, not not in the term of groupthink. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. I got you. I got you. Sorry, wrong term. Yeah, you're correct. Let me correct. Uh, yeah, you. I, I don't I, like to be part of groupthink. Uh, <laughs> exact opposite of that. Uh, you like, like to be a part of a group tank. of thinks. Think tank. I like <laughs> yeah. to be a part of a think tank, uh, or or a brainstorming session, not a group think. Uh, thank you for the correction there. And so, yeah, um, I just clarify that. <laughs> And so it's interesting. So you said that you like to come up with the idea by yourself and then implement it with a group. Um, I, what part of like, which part of that, which half of that equation, I guess, is more exciting to you? Like, are, like, are you more excited to get right to the implementation or do you enjoy the planning stage more? Because as an INTP, I like for me, the the planning part of it and like figuring out the idea of, you know, by myself, like, that's what I get the most energy out of and that's what I spend the most time on. And then the implementation part takes a little bit more energy for me. Yeah. Um, I feed off of other people's energy, which is something that I'm like further coming to grips with um, currently in my life. Uh, so I would say it probably takes more energy to do the constructive part, although it takes priority because it has to happen first. 
uh, it's easier to work with a group when the plan's like already made and the options already looking at. Um, so the more fun, to, I guess to answer your question, the more fun side is the like, kind of the working with people. Um, but it's more important to have a plan, I guess. Does that make sense? Does, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, so yeah, and I, um, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I figured that was the case. I figured that might be the difference between like TI and TE. But yeah, I just mm -hmm. wanted to double check with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was really interested when I first talked to you. We I called Jared before uh, a couple weeks ago just to kind of talk to him. And I forget what we were talking about, but I, I feel like what I was saying to you, I was saying something about, you know, success, being successful. Mm -hmm. And for you, 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 it, you did something interesting that you asked me what it was for me to be successful. Like, what did it look like? Like, because mm -hmm. so th this podcast, everything, it, what it's about is, you know, growth and humanity, um, you know, through the lens of Myers-Briggs kind of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. You you asked me when I was like I want to be you know successful I want to have I want to have enough money to where I can do whatever I want I don't have to worry about anything mm -hmm. and you're like okay but what does that look like to you because I know you, you were telling me that you knew wealthy people that eat from the dollar menu at McDonald's yeah uh, and you know wealth to them is having a house wherever they wanted to live and it, it so in the sense of you know the the golden pair of the INTP ENTJ I kind of recognize that the way that you were like well what does that look like you know you you put like a I, I know I was thinking of it you know introverted thinking and then you applied like okay but what does that look like what and you kind of you took my my thinking and you put it externally um, and that, that was something that really kind of was uh, interested me about our conversation hmm. um, our first conversation that we had yeah. um, and it's it was subtle but i i i'm kind of thinking that i i think the incp entj uh might be embellished a little bit in the mbti community uh or at least among intps and ENT, intps more so than entjs but um i i do definitely think that there are things about you know our cognitive stacks that really do you know work push each other I would I would say that we're a growth personality couple like we're a couple like a personality oh. type that oh. will, <laughs> that will that will help each other grow you know what I mean yeah I can see that and um, the main thing here is maturity so uh -huh. the what I've noticed when talking to lots of different types of people uh in trying to have working professional relationships and, and things of that nature the first off i'm huge on communication just in general mm -hmm. and the second off there's this massive paradigm that everyone should have that is win-win to truly understand win-win to look for that in your life to look for that in your relationships makes a massive difference in your outlook in life and the excuse me and the success that you achieve so there's a lot of ways that we can learn from 
other personality types for the most part. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is, do they have the, the ingredients or the emotional maturity or just the general maturity to bring that out of whoever you're around? Because that's a win-win. You know, mm-hmm. what can I learn from someone else? Um, and then they it's kind of their job to ask what they can learn from me. So I've worked in sales before, so a huge part of my conversation is I know how I can win. So how can I make you win? Because if we can both win, then I get paid, and then you get blank, whatever it is. And you get success. That's how life. That's how life works. So whether I mean it could be something simple like saving people money, or it could be helping them with their business, or it could be um, a specific goal that they have professionally, like whatever it is. Uh, you know, and it doesn't have to be professionally either. I mean, with your friendships, like to to truly understand what kind of friendships you have and then how are they pushing you emotionally or socially uh what ways are you challenging them what kind of conversations you you can have like what kind of perspective are you uh learning from them it should be a win-win always and if it's not if you're not being and i I use the word challenge just because that's kind of how my personality looks looks at things but if we're not being um, growing together, then what is the purpose of that friendship? You know, honestly, like if we're not learning something, if we're not gaining perspective, if we're both stuck in a in a, in a rut, you know, what needs to change in order to make that an effective relationship, in order to make your life more effective? Like, it's all about trying to learn from your scenarios and then looking for that win-win relationship. And part of that conversation can be Myers-Briggs, you know, because what, what Myers-Briggs does with you and I, we're able to talk about, you know, functions or um, E versus I or whatever. We're able to talk about those specific things as a framework of our communication in order to learn a different perspective on life and to challenge each other to be better versions of ourselves. Very well put. Yeah, thanks for joining my TED Talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I think the the win-win mentality is so important because I think a lot of times, I think especially with our types, actually, and this might be um, opposite ends of the spectrum, what I'm about to say here, but I think at times, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, um, but just from what I've learned from ENTJs, just you know, studying and whatnot and reading up, um, that they can fall into the habit of overhelping and maybe not getting enough for themselves. And for I know, at least I know from experience for INTPs, or at least for me, at least, um, there have been times where I've been in friendships where I wasn't really giving much back to the other person. So it, it was just a win for me. It wasn't a win for them. And I, and I think that having that mentality for both types is super important to keep the relationship balanced. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the one thing that I've... Uh, oh, we can go down this road. This is great. Um, yeah, we should, I, totally. One thing that I've noticed is... Um, so I grew up largely... This is a revelation that I've like just recently started processing. I've been talking about win-win for a while. I've 
incorporate it into like sales training and things of that nature. But I just started thinking about the win lose mentality, or there's like a win lose mentality, and then there's just a planned win mentality. And so, what I've noticed from other ENTJs, hmm. like younger or uh, and, and there's one I'm thinking of specifically, but there's a younger or not a younger, he's older than me, but he was less mature than I was. Yep. <laughs> and he uh, he just had a win mentality, right? Which I'm here to win, it, and that's it, and that's it's imbalanced. Because to truly win, you need to do stuff together. And this was what was missing in my life for like most of it. This the second half of this idea, I was around some people that was was only a win mentality, and then I was around a lot of people. Like the majority of my culture was a win lose. Whatever reason the, the community that I grew up with was very, and I'm just realizing this recently, and it's been like kind of earth shattering to think about because a lot of times what would happen is I'd be around people that would assume that there's a loss in the situation and make themselves the victim in the relationship or they would assume that you would be the victim in the relationship and I'm helping you out Uh, and it, it leads to this weird open door for manipulation which I definitely fell into and fell victim from uh like manipulative relationships and things like that earlier in my life because I was expecting there to be a win, win, lose. So the part of my personality that is extremely driven, that wants to win had a great deal of conflict growing up with this win, lose mentality that I accepted over my life, but it never really made sense to me. I couldn't put words to it like I'm doing today, but I, I didn't really understand. Okay, like I'm driven, I want to win, but everybody around me is saying, thinks that it, like uh, it's an asshole thing to do to win. Why? Like it just doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Uh, so I had like kind of this external conflict to deal with. You know, that's a very natural part of my uh, personality to want to work with people to accomplish something bigger than myself. But that wasn't the culture that I was raised in. So can you, could you give some detail to the culture you were raised in? Yeah. Um, I grew up could, um, could... just in general. Okay. So I grew up yeah. mainly in the Southeast. I grew up partly in uh, like Ohio and then I moved to Tennessee slash um, mostly Tennessee area, but I, did a stint in Georgia once or twice. So I was completely saturated in Southern Pentecostal church, uh, Christian church, church culture. So evangelical Christianity, mm-hmm. um, specifically to the Southeast. That can vary depending on region or you know, denomination or sect that you're part of. But yeah. So I, and then I, Continue the suit of staying in that culture when I went to college. I went to a Christian college that was Pentecostal and kind of just was constantly around this this society that I was in, which was, um, and I don't want to deviate too 
far away from talking about personalities, but things that really hit me on like a personality level was acceptance of like a hierarchical structure or uh, acceptance of someone that has a position just because they're related to somebody and hasn't necessarily earned the position. Not being able to challenge rules or not asking, you know, like not having a reason for why rules exist. Um, so like this is kind of a core part of who I am to want to challenge things or want to have the most efficient way to do things. Mm-hmm. And uh, the church structure doesn't allow for that. And that bleeds into certain areas um, culturally that you, you know, typically wouldn't think about. So when I would say, when I start a business or I've always wanted to start a YouTube channel, which um, my wife and I are YouTube partners as of like uh, this month, which is great. I'm super proud of myself. Uh, and you, you have a, you have a YouTube channel. If you, if you would like, you know, please tell us about it. Oh yeah. So my wife and I have a cra- uh, crafting channel called uh, Kachi Vachi. That's K-A-T-C-H-I Vachi, which is V-A-T-C-H-I. Uh, we cover sewing and quilting largely. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we just uh, hit, um, we just got accepted into the partner program, which is awesome. I'm really proud of ourselves. We've been working at it for a little over a year. Um, but this is something that I wanted to do um, for 10 years. And it wasn't like I couldn't find anybody around me that wanted to work with me. Uh, and then I noticed that when I started working with nonprofits after college, uh, doing video production stuff, I started noticing the same sort of thing where there was this resistance to work in groups. It was wild to me. Um, there was literally, uh, you know, ministries or nonprofits I was working with, and and obviously they function, you know, the ones that do function function with the group. But there was this weird kind of like it was the norm to have some sort of an egotistical like leadership there, and then just subordinates, and then. I frequently heard that, oh, we just need money. Like, that's all we need in order to do X, Y, and Z. And the reality is that they weren't helping people some of the time. Not all the time. The reality is they weren't open to new ideas, which is my thinking extroversion. You know, I was in this, this, this area where it was constantly, I literally had like extroversion that was extremely like, crushed because I would constantly have new ideas and sometimes it was even doing work trades or trying to you know getting paid some some of the time with the to try to come up with that idea of how we could you know increase the ministry or increase the uh, whatever the goal was and it never went anywhere because people and they would say it's money but it's people and there's a lot of times there are people willing to help that got shut down by leadership or by some sort of like political thing. And I've seen this basically my whole life. And yeah. I've personally been shut down in nonprofits that I was volunteering for, for and I say political, what I mean is the uh, within the organization politics. Uh, that yeah. personally shut down by uh, local politics <clears throat> or whatever. 
and that never made any sense to me on a, on a very deep personal level. And then I kind of accepted uh, being around a lot of great friends in college that never did anything beyond being friends. Essentially, I tried. I went into business with one or two of them. Um, but there was always this this weird, yeah, probably the win lose mentality. There was always this weird. <clears throat> I don't know how to say it. Like, I look at relationships that I have now and both parties are taking each other very, very seriously. And there's very open communication. I experienced the opposite of that through a large part of my life. There wasn't clear communication. There wasn't a clear reason for things to exist. And my personality was to work together to achieve something bigger, to challenge the rules, to have the most efficient way to do things. And like that part of myself specifically was completely crushed. And I even had friends tell me that you just have to do your own thing. Quit trying to work with other people until you have your own thing going. Hmm. So um, there's been like part of the acceptance of myself and my self realization journey is that to accept like specifically the thinking extroverted part of myself to accept that I need people in my life to work together to accomplish projects specifically to make money i need that to be healthy you need to find the right people that you can collaborate with yeah um, people been, that have persistence and drive like you yeah it has been it's such an eye-opening experience to go through that whole process of, of questioning that part of myself, realizing that I needed it, and then also realizing that I didn't have that until recently. So how, how did you find that? How did you look for it? Um, uh, yeah, it, like how, how did it, you find that? Part of it I haven't found yet. Just being honest. The, the, other part of it, the other part of it is, um, so I work from home, but I have uh, a couple meetings I have a week. Um, a lot of what I do, I'm in charge of the, the project or the video or the whatever I'm doing. So I try to make the best use of the time that I have with the meetings that I have. Meetings are super exciting for me. And I just try to make sure that I have effective communications. I know it's probably not at all. That <laughs> That's fine. That's a, no, I'm pretty, uh, pretty anti-meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to me, if I, I notice that it's hard for me to, to be motivated and, or even creative, because a lot of what I do is creative. Like a, it's hard for me to perform when I don't have social like specific social outlets and it's i've had to get very intentional with it because of covid and because i work from home and all this stuff i've, I've just had to make sure that i'm taking care of that extroverted side because other other than that like my creativity just hits a fucking wall yeah you uh so 
I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit to you know how you grew up because um, I, I remember we when we, we when we first talked you were talking about how uh, the community you were in they were against beards and you know drinking beer you know, yeah. smoking weed or whatever uh, and and you you grew your you grew your beard out recently. That's a, that was like a new thing for you, right? And something um, that you like. You know, I've, I've always had I've always had a beard since high school. I think I've clean shaven twice. I've let it go this as long as it's ever been. Um, but but you were like looked down upon it by oh, yeah. because of it. It was weird, and not it, my family specifically. This has done it a lot, but it's been passive aggressive. Um, but I, I had some of the areas like I remember interning at. Uh, at a well here you go i I don't give a shit um so i entered at the uh the church of god of old missions um which uh is in Cleveland, tennessee and the the what of the what of god missions it's church of god world missions department in cleveland tennessee okay yeah um so i worked with voters of missionaries all over the world and we were trying to fundraise for them uh, but I was interning there for like a summer or something. I had one guy go, you're not going to get a girlfriend with a beard like that. And I was like, uh, I had currently had a girlfriend. I was like, she'd probably disagree with you, but thanks. Like, this, is, <laughs> like, this is just the weird, like, there's this weird, okay, because it's win-lose. I've been around that type of person. And it's not just a beard, but appearances, right? I've been around the appearance-focused people, which never made sense to me because, again, if you start questioning it, it falls apart completely, right? So <laughs> that's that's uh, something that I was just very familiar with. <laughs> like, literally, just it's one of the favorite things to say is, uh, you know, avoid the appearance of evil. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, wait, wait. yeah the, have you never heard that before what? Uh, the, no oh yeah that was the that was a great saying that I grew oh up. my <laughs> like oh, like yeah. just don't look like you're doing evil even if yeah. you're doing evil mm-hmm. huh. yeah so that how, was how is it how is that said how is that used like what do you mean that that was um it was basically protect your reputation Right, so the focus of that is clearly off, because the focus is not on being a good person. The focus is looking like a good person, <clears throat> and that that can cause some issues. And that doesn't add up to me, who wants to challenge all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, the what you know, yeah, there was that was a real big thing about the appearance of evil, and and I also like a lot of like. I don't want to call it hate speech, but a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the kind of the, the messages that I feel like I grew up with, like kind of the big three thins, quote unquote, were like, uh, like drinking and alcohol and like drinking alcohol and drug use and like sex before marriage. Those like those like those are like the big ones, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't understand. How drinking, cussing, and uh, smoking or whatever, you know. I didn't understand 
because there's not a reason. And this is this is one of the many many things that I like de- deconstructed from both religion and the culture that I grew up with. But I was like, all right, you have these severely overweight people that are on all sorts of prescription medications, and that's fine. But you want to talk about uh, drinking alcohol and illicit drugs? Why? What's the biblical distinction for that? There's not one. <laughs> There's not one. It's it's shit you put in your body. You know, um, it's all that's all it is. So you got to have a reason other than some vague spiritual rule for this to be an issue. And that's uh, it's not. I mean, it can be an issue, but then the reason why it's an issue is because of abuse, which that changes the conversation and that moves away from some, a rule and rules are easy <laughs> for rules are easy for people to understand and they're because you don't have to think about what they mean and i challenging the rules had to think about what all they mean and had to completely rip apart a lot of the rules that i grew up with um and i'm still having to deal with some of that at 30 today Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I align. <laughs> I, I, Victor, um, how, how do you think? Like, do you? I think you're more of a rule follower than me. <laughs> but <laughs> um, me, I'm, I'm a total like, no nah, rules need to be broken all the time. Kind of, you know, what Jared's saying. Like, we definitely need to challenge the rules. Uh, you know there's a status quo sometimes that might've been good, but things have changed and we should definitely keep questioning why we have these rules kind of thing. Yeah. Like for me, um, I won't follow a rule if it doesn't make sense. Um, but like the, I guess the way that I will go about not following that rule is like the most peaceful way possible, or at least I'll try. <laughs> so I will try to like get away with not following the rule. Like I'm not going to be upfront about it. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but I would, you know, I would probably tell you to just be forward about it, <laughs> you know, most of the time. Um, <laughs> I've taken the direct approach because I think that's that's part of the issue of why these rules exist is because no one's talking about them. So, so for me, I'm always challenging the rules. And, and I look at it like this, and it's very ultimatum-ish, um, but yeah. Uh, so I, I in one of the seminars I went to when I was a sales manager, this stuck out with this stuck to me. This guy was said, "The hard part of being a manager needs, like, needs to be, uh, needs to be followed through with rules." So he said, "Think about it like this: If you need everybody to show up on time, and." you set a rule that says if you don't show up on time you get fired it's a very simple rule if you don't follow that rule then it's your fault whenever you fire someone so if someone if you allow someone to just be late all the time and then you're like oh well I need to fire you well, why why this time and that's extremely inconsistent right mm-hmm 
So consistency is kind of important with leadership. Um, you know, you could try new ideas. Obviously, I like trying new ideas, but I want to be like, a consistent person. I have kids now, and I want to make sure that I'm consistent with them because if I'm inconsistent, then suddenly it becomes a personal issue, right? If I'm inconsistent, and then sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not okay, a kid is going to think, this is my fault. I'm the problem. So in an adult life, it's, you know, it takes a little bit of a different, you know, it's the same thing, just adults, where the rule has to have a good reason to exist. And if it has a good reason to exist, then I'm okay with it. But if it doesn't, I need to have an answer for it. You know, I need to have an answer for why this, why this exists. Because if you're going to be inconsistent, I'm not going to allow that to fly, especially from someone that I'm supposed to be underneath leadership wise and I experienced this um, in one of my previous jobs where they were uh, they had terrible communication and I would <laughs> ask them to clarify and they would get upset because it's like oh you should know what I'm talking about no you said something stupid and I'm gonna make <laughs> gonna make you clarify because I'm not going to accept that I should somehow know what you're thinking. Like, if I let that slide, then you're going to expect me to just know what you're thinking all the time. And that's terrible communication. So Yeah, that's kind of what I'm going through right now at work. <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to talk about it? <laughs> no, it'll probably just make me mad. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's, like, there's terrible communication, and, like, I, I get I get told to do projects, and there's very little information given from sales to me, and I'm just supposed to, like, figure things out, and so lately I've kind of been putting my foot down about it and being, like, because like, I, I, I get in trouble when things are wrong, and so mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've been kind of putting my foot down about like a lot of the things you're talking about, um, you know, why do the rules exist and then consistency uh, showing late up. <laughs> I got, uh, I had a meeting last week about we always show up at like after eight and now they're making us show up at eight for our boss manager. We're not behind for any reason. Um, for, to me, he's being totally inconsistent uh, and it's just completely frustrating me. Um, so I, I that in, in yeah. your, let me ask you this. Are you carrying that with you? Like carrying it like yeah, you carrying every day thinking you. about it. Yeah. 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 I'm actually really close right now to wanting to just quit my job. Um, like just cause I'm getting so fed up with it. Like I, I know it needs to be done and I can do it and I can do it well. Uh, but they they have someone else in charge of me who, doesn't really know um and it's just I, I don't know it's incredibly frustrating to me and i'm just losing all motivation for my to work like yeah i i feel like i i went on a vacation at this beginning of this year when i got back and you know i, I just wanted to get away and i got back and i was working so hard mm -hmm. and and then we have this meeting and you know now I have to show up at eight. If I show up, at, I, I drive an hour um, to get to work. So, you know, for me, it's like my mornings, you know, it's not a big deal to show up 
at 8.30. Like, I, I, I'm really good at work as well, and I get everything done. You know, mm-hmm. showing up 15 minutes early isn't going to help me get my work done. I'm going to get it done regardless. Right. Um, so, yeah, I am carrying it around. Uh, and it's kind of one of those things that's just kind of been frustrating me lately, uh, incredibly. Yeah. Um, you know, what is it going to take? Right? Yeah. What is it going to take? Because obviously you're, you're willing to, you know, you're thinking about quitting. You're doing to yourself what I was talking about. It's, it's your fault. It's your fault that you're upset. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. And, and, Obviously, I'm telling you this because I want to encourage you. Like, uh-huh. I want to encourage you, and I want you to think about it. Hopefully, I can say something that kind of helps it click for you. I did the same thing. I, when I first started sales, uh, I started doing door-to-door sales, and for the first couple months, I, I started being really good at it, and I'd get through the presentation, and then somebody mm. would say, "Yeah, that sounds nice." Um, what I have sucks and what you have sounds good and I'm not going to do it. And it would confuse the shit out of me. That was the hardest. That was the hardest thing. Not that they said, no, I could find somebody else. They said no, but for no fucking reason. (laughs) So I started asking people to their face. So you mean to tell me that you're, that you hate, spending an extra hundred dollars a month on blah, blah 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 whatever the reason is and you have no good reason and you're still not going to switch yeah all right bye <laughs> that move to make them admit that they're an idiot just opened my world up i mean it just it made my job so much easier because i i said what i was thinking and I realized that I can get away with saying what I was thinking. I've literally basically told my previous bosses to fuck off. And because I'm a sarcastic asshole and always say what I want and perform well, they laugh it off. <laughs> yeah. And it's because I established myself as being consistent. And there there are ways in which you are establishing yourself as being consistent. I show up, I do my work, I do a great fucking job. Great. You've bought yourself, and I I think of everything in terms of sales because sales are relationship building, right? You've bought yourself credibility in order to take more, um, in order to take more control of the conversation. So if I, I had, I would meet people and get them to give me their social security information within like half an hour of meeting them. Why? Well, there's a couple of factors why you had credibility. I was wearing the shirt with the logo and you know, all that stuff, but I've built the trust there that I'm going to deliver on my part of the deal. You've built that trust there with, with your colleagues or managers, whatever. Yeah, I definitely have. There's been more than a thousand times that I should have been fired or something like that. Right. I've I've definitely done quite a few things. That is the amount of permission that you have in order to speak to what you need. That is how hard that you can push because there were times where, like, I was doing sales and we really, you know, I've sold, I think, 
it sold. I was working on a contract that was probably worth a quarter million dollars once. It's probably the biggest thing. And I think outside of that, it's been like $30,000 machines. If I have a relationship with that someone, they can trust me. I can literally tell somebody, this is exactly what you want. You can afford it. You just need to fucking get it. And I've, done, I've had that kind of language with people before that would totally freak people out. But it was someone I knew. It, it totally freaks out some people that you, when somebody would walk into a shop and was like, ah, what do you want? And I'm just being sarcastic to them. And it just freaks them out, right? Because I have a relationship with them. And that is how hard that I can push for them to get what they want. And if I have that win-win relationship, if I have a, the performance on my end and say, hey, I'm going to perform, that's not going to be an issue. Or you're going to get this product or service, that's not going to be an issue. What's going to be an issue is whether or not you write the check right now. That's obviously a really forward conversation that I'm not going to have with everyone. But when it comes to a working relationship with a manager or something, especially if you've performed, that's the amount in which you perform is your amount that you could take control of that conversation and say, hey, this isn't working we need to fix this. We need to make sure this is a win-win both ways. Yeah, and I definitely, uh, yeah, the, the manager that is above me right now, he's definitely in the win-lose. Like, he needs to win and I need to lose kind of situation where mm-hmm. he just wants to be the boss. But, uh, and it's incredibly frustrating me. But um, to switch, I, I guess this is part of this, it'll part of the subject, but so, and we, we got about 10 minutes left. So uh, oh, wow. this is, this is a subject that I want to, the subject that I wanted to end on um, is being attacked. Uh, you know, whether it's criticism or someone that doesn't like you. Uh, Victor, I want to start with you on this one. Um, and then I guess I'll go. And then Jared, I want to end on you and, uh, kind of have your your input on it um victor the like have you been attacked and like for you for me for me as an intp there's been numerous times where people have been criticizing me or making fun of me or you know just being mean to me and i didn't even really realize it um or I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, I agree with them and I think they're joking or, you know, they're actually really being mean. Um, and it's happened more than I can think. And I, I think it's because of our extroverted sensing trickster. Uh, it, I recently have been more trying to address it. Like if somebody's like, you know, dragging me through the mud or ragging on me or something i I try to address it have you what is your experience with it yeah so i i don't know it's interesting i've had i i've had a lot of experience with i'll say like the joke the joking thing like people making jokes all the time um and i mean obviously because i'm younger i haven't had a lot of experience with i guess direct criticism especially i mean like you know in the work field and things like that that obviously comes up more um, in that way, but even just with friends and, and, um, things like that for years, for a long time, all throughout my, um, I guess, earlier teenage years, I would always be the butt of every joke. Um, but 
I would be like, yeah, you're right. You know, like I would rag on myself too. Cause I mean, INTPs can be very self-deprecating, which is fine. Um, yeah. And you know, they're very self-aware, but there's a difference be- between being self-deprecating and, and just going along with the joke that everybody else is doing just so that everyone can laugh, even if it's at you. Um, and and at so, me. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's literally just in service of keeping everybody, you know, on the same emotion, even if you're, you know, giving up your dignity for it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think what happened, because like another thing with INTPs and with me, I was like, oh, I don't care what people think. Oh, I know they're just joking, whatever, but eventually like jokes they aren't always just jokes especially when you're constantly being put down or being put in that situation where even if it's just quote unquote comedically you're lesser than other people um it and you are and you accept that and feed into it then people really do start seeing you that way um yeah and that's what started to happen to me um that people would not take my opinion as seriously they, they wouldn't even take my presence as seriously like there I remember vividly there was one time that I went on a um, retreat uh, and I it would be me and another friend right and say we're talking to two other people Um, I would watch everyone's eyes nobody would even be looking at me and I'd be in that conversation trying to get a word in edgewise like it's not like I was just fading in the background but I mean I could literally feel that my presence wasn't being felt um and it was actually in that uh, retreat weekend where everything kind of came to a head where I was really just tired of being the butt of everyone's joke in my friend group and, and different things like that. Um, and I kind of started to, well, first of all, I stopped doing it myself. Um, and then I started to kind of stand up for myself or at least just not, you know, when, they, when people would make jokes just to laugh or whatever, you know, I wouldn't be laughing with them or whatever. And I would just kind of let everything fall flat. Um, and every once in a while, I would actually kind of stand up for myself. And so Mm -hmm. I, yeah, yeah. So in terms of being attacked, I would, um, I definitely had a lot of it in that area. And I had to really kind of gain more respect for myself to be like, no, this is not funny. And and I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to diminish myself in order to, to fit in with everyone else. Like they should value me as equal. Um, and so that that's one thing. And then the, the second, the second kind of criticism and I guess attack, I guess like on, on my work or something like that. Um, I haven't had a lot of experience because I haven't put it out there a lot, but I'm aware, like I'm trying to work on it now. And this is also just me starting to just put more of my stuff out there. I am aware that I am really sensitive to criticism when it's something that I've worked on. Like, you know, I'm working on a book. I have music that I'm working on, even things like this. Um, I, I think because I personalize my work, which is not good because when people criticize the work, they're just criticizing the work. They're not criticizing the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I've kind of been just mentally trying to begin to start separating myself from my work um, so that when people criticize it, I can actually say, okay, I'm going to make this thing better. I'm not going to take it personally. Um, so I would say the second, the second aspect is something that I'm still working on. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've had some experience at least, you know, in, in one of those areas. Yeah, uh, I definitely have some had similar experiences. Uh, friend group in high school where it was like that. I was kind of like a like exactly what you're saying. You know, I would go along with the jokes just to you know make everybody you know make because I thought it was funny and we were all having a good time. Um, but it did definitely get to a point where I was like, 
why am I always the guy, you know, why am I always the butt? Yeah. Why can't it be somebody else? Yeah. And uh, I I mean, I I definitely have eccentricities where I could see it and I was okay with it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's me. I'm totally, and I know I'm not like y'all and I I'm okay with it. And, and so there was part of that was like that. And then again, when I got to college, I had another group of friends and it was kind of a similar thing. Um, but I was always able to back myself up in, in strange ways that shut them up. Uh, like I, I wrestled in high school so I could defend myself. Uh, I, I was always someone who could restrain. I, I was never a big fighter, but anytime I did get in a fight, I would always hold my own. And uh, there, there was definitely a couple of times where people would try to start a fight with me. And I had to, like, I, I asked my friend, I was like, dude, can you please just tell them not to fight me? Cause they're going to lose. <laughs> and uh, that, that happened a couple of times in college. Um, so I, I was able to hold my own, but it definitely, it, it, to do that, I had to cause a rift with, I guess, groups of people um, because I wasn't going to allow them to, you know, if, if, but, but it, once again, a lot of times I didn't even realize that people are making fun of me because yeah. honestly, their opinion doesn't even matter. Like, it, I don't really care. Like, I, I, I am sensitive, like you're saying, like there are times where I, I can be sensitive, but that's, that's typically someone I care about or, you know, if someone, someone I like, <laughs> there's many times where people don't like me, but I actually like them. <laughs> yeah. But, and- <laughs> Um, I just, before you go on, I just wanted to jump on something real quick that you said that was actually really important for me in terms of dealing with those attacks, um, Uh is that I stayed in that situation for so long because I was afraid of causing that rift. And not only that, I felt like I didn't have anywhere else to go because I was afraid of being alone. Um, and so I typical of INCPs exactly because of inferior FE. Um, it's funny, they isolate themselves, but they're also afraid of being alone. Um, and so it, it took me, I basically, I just got to a breaking point where I, I told myself, I was like, I am leaving this, this friend group that I was in. I'm, I'm leaving this place and I could see down the road. I was like, I'm going to be by myself for two, three years before I get to college, before I get older and I'm going to hate it. And it's going to be really hard, but I have to do that because the situation that I'm in now it's damaging me and I have to at least protect myself. Um, and through that process, through actually leaving that place and being on my own, like, yeah, I worked through all of that loneliness. Um, cause I mean, it was really, really hard, but in all of that, I also was able to kind of work on TI work on, you know, like my strengths was just, I can actually, um, like flourish being alone and working on my own. Um, and I mean, it, like it really kind of came full circle once I left that place um, and didn't give in to the fear of, uh, I, I guess, upsetting other people um, or the consequences. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, the fear of the tribe and all that. When I kind of left and just took that loneliness on, was like, OK, I'm going to do this, even if I'd have to do it on my own. Um, I mean, I was better for it because that I, I was able to gain my own confidence, gain my own like you know, self-affirmation. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was huge for me. Um, but yeah, I stayed in that position for a long time because I was like, well, they're all I have. And I, yeah. I, I, I had to, 
I had to make myself believe that I was all that I needed until other people could come along that were actually worth my time. So yeah, just okay, wanted yeah. to put that in there. Um, yeah, I definitely, definitely resonate with that. And uh, I, there's, I really wish I would have kind of left. I, I really enjoyed the friend groups, um, but I really wish I would have been more independent of them growing up, you know, been able to like, I don't really need to like be attached to this group. Like, you know, they're great and I can come and hang out with them, but I don't need to be attached to this group. And that's kind of what I did with both those groups. But okay, um, Jared, what's your experience, man? Wow. Um, they can go in a couple different directions here, but I know we're pressing time, so maybe we can come back to it in this. No, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Um, well, <clears throat> first off, super proud of both you guys. Extremely hard thing to do. And uh, following up with friends is just so incredibly difficult. And I've experienced that uh, the past couple of years where I've lost um, a couple of friends in this way or where the just changes weren't being made in order to make it a win-win relationship, you know, like we were talking earlier. And it sounds like you guys have experienced that too, um, where it's just an unhealthy relationship that needed to move on um and you guys had to to pull those cords and never plan to do that no so <laughs> congrats i guess um, <laughs> the, um the um what i was thinking about with you guys specifically is i i had one of those people as an it ntp i told you wasn't necessarily like healthy stayed in his room all the time that sort of thing and he was my favorite person to like verbal joust at. Mm. But because he was one person, his wit level was was better than mine. <laughs> and that's it was like the only person that was like so like I had an ENFJ friend, but him and I were like pretty much equally matched if like we wanted to be like sup motherfucker or whatever, you know, and you go back and forth and just like dog on each other but it was equal with intp friend sometimes it was and sometimes he wasn't he could do a paragraph just absolutely roasting the shit out of you and it would be gorgeous i mean it would just be like this amazing like sarcastic monologue (laughs) it's a work of art (laughs) yeah and then i'd say something back and then he would get butt hurt and i was like it's so frustrating because that that causes an imbalance, you know, like you guys are saying is a little bit different. It's like you guys are saying you butt of always the butt of an, uh, uh, jokes, you know, for him to feel like that was what was happening. But like, again, different scenarios for him to feel like um, to take it personally, randomly in the middle of the conversation. I thought we were both clearly being sarcastic. That was super frustrating. And that, I think that's because his maturity level wasn't wasn't there but you not everybody's conversation is going to look like that um but that does highlight the imbalance that can happen when you're joking around with everybody it should yeah. be equal it, sh- it, it should be equal but there should be the maturity in the understanding to not go to certain areas where you're going to take it seriously mm. or know that you're clearly being sarcastic but that has to be on the table and even if we did talk about it it still never felt like it was on the table um 
and that's frustrating because like that was a super fun part of our relationship that was ruined because he was inconsistent with it um but what about you what about yeah, yeah you personally getting attacked yeah personally man i have i feel like i've been on the entire spectrum of handling it uh back in college i would completely shut down and sometimes like not even have anything to say like 100 percent. i was so like especially with like some of the terrible relationships i was in i would just get so overwhelmed that i would just have zero thoughts like i have no idea like this whole situation doesn't make any sense to me and i'm just i shut down like i have no nothing to say and i've worked for very like many many years to where um like if somebody comes at me directly that's pretty much no problem for me it's the passive aggressive stuff or the comments that don't make sense that hurt the most for me Hmm. it's it's the stuff that what's worse than me being attacked is not taking me seriously when you should you know um because i pick up on that very easily and uh that that i still have a hard time with when someone just doesn't take you seriously and doesn't think you're worth your salt kind of thing yeah absolutely because i i clearly try to be an intentional person that makes what i say worthwhile and so they somebody doesn't pick up on that or and that's like you know you know we go the beard is a small version of that where it's just like oh do they mention your beard or anything in your interview or whatever like the it can come out in a couple of different ways but if you're acting like somebody shouldn't take me seriously or you don't take me seriously or that i'm not doing the best that i can um that that drives me fucking nuts and that's way worse than if somebody came up to me and called me an asshole or does like if i'm trying to work with you and I, I don't have this problem too often because a lot of people I just kind of put in an, in, in the idiot box and say okay your opinion doesn't matter but <laughs> but if somebody doesn't respect me or doesn't um and that I'm trying to have a relationship with uh just absolutely drives me nuts it's like I try to yeah. figure out why I try to look for the, re- the reason behind it um and a lot of times there's not a reason behind it. So it just drives me, like, I just cycle, you know? I just, like, doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like, you know, the stuff that I can't, the stuff that I can't put a label on or that I can't understand how, why someone would treat me that way, that, that is worse than being attacked for me. Because uh, my personality is, on the, one of the tests, the personality tests I took, on a scale of 100, I'm as direct as you could possibly be. I don't mind that. I've worked for that. The passive-aggressive, passing-me-off kind of bullshit gets under my skin. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, well, um, I think this is a good stopping point for us. Uh, Jared, thanks for talking with us. Absolutely. You guys have had a blast. 
Yeah, I think this is a, a good good growing experience. Um, you know, uh, I, I definitely see where the ENTJ, INTP, you know, meshes and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I'd love to keep talking with you guys, even if it's not on the, the podcast. Just love to pry your brains and kind of see, see your outlook and pick up. I really enjoyed listening to your last episode, so... Yeah, I guess, I guess that is kind of one, something I, I want you to say. Like, what, what did you think about the first episode? You too, Victor. I, I, what, what I will say, well, I'll start, um, and we'll, let's make this quick, guys. Um, but, uh, I, I, Victor, I find our, our conversation is so fascinating to me. Um, and Jared, but, you know, I, 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 have, I, I think that our conversation is fascinating as well, you know, how we talk. But in that podcast, the, the first one that we did, like, I, I feel like I learned so much from you, Victor, um, and just like perspective wise as well. And then I, I listened to that podcast, you know, over and over again, just like kind of like analyzing the conversation and like how things were said, how I said things, how you said things. Uh, and it just, it, it was a really cool experience for me. I'm so glad to hear that. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like for me, it was like, I don't know, doing the first one, it was huge because um, I I think it was me kind of, um, I guess, I guess it was me kind of hitting the start button on all the things that I wanted to do. Um, I, I got tired of hearing myself talk and hearing myself think and hearing all of the ideas that I had you know, running around in my head for three years that I've just been working, you know, by myself on. Um, And I just, I don't know, I just wanted to start actually putting out the the experiences that I've learned, the insight that I've learned back out into the world, um, because I feel like that keeps me more centered with reality that way. Um, And then like, and and doing it as I'm learning, that was the other thing too, is like, I mean, because our first podcast, I mean, there were technical difficulties and all this kind of stuff, but it was just the act of doing it. That was so important. Um, And then we got so much out of it, even though it was our like first kind of practice run, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, and, and I remember you even told me right before we started, you were like, let's just, let's just have fun. Let's just see where it goes. Um, And not get too caught up in all the specifics of, you know, the technicalities and all that kind of stuff. And that's what we did. And we got that much out of it already. Um, and I feel like we're even just building upon it with this podcast. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I was really happy that we got it started. And then I even like listening back, like I had told you over text, um, it, we like, even just in our conversation, there was a lot there. So I was really happy with how it turned out. Even, yeah, even with, you know, some of the flaws, you know, like we got off topic sometimes, <laughs> but I, like, I was happy with it as a whole. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, Jared, you, you told me you had fun listening to it, so I, I appreciate yeah, that. <laughs> absolutely, guys. Starting the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, thanks so much for talking. And um, Yeah, it was great talking to you, Jared. It was great meeting you. Absolutely. Got to we'll do this more. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, you know, y'all listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening to us. This has been two INTPs and an ENTJ uh, trying to figure out our growth in humanity in this mad, right. mad world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye.